Welcome to Bible Center Church, and thank you so much for joining us on BC Podcast. Here's a message to encourage your heart this week. Good morning. Didn't the kids do a wonderful job up here today? So proud of them. Um, I am still riding high from last Sunday. I don't know how many of you know, but after the second service last week, of course, we had tons of baptisms. I got to baptize, had the privilege to baptize eight either current or former Bible Center students last Sunday. Isn't that amazing? And uh, one of them was my eight-year-old daughter, Macy. And so it, it was just so special, and I loved everything about that. I'm excited to get here to share with you this morning. Um, I don't know how many of you have maybe been involved in education at some point. I like to think of education and being a teacher as kind of like an adventure, right? And uh, some points, it's kind of like everything is sunny and beautiful. You're rafting down the new river, that kind of adventure, right? And sometimes it's like going over Niagara Falls in a barrel kind of adventure. You're not quite sure how that's going to end, right? That kind of a thing. But uh, I love Bible Center. I love our teachers, our staff, our students. And I can honestly say that God is working uh, at our school. I'm so thankful to be a part of a team. You know, uh, today is School Emphasis Sunday, but I'm so thankful for the children's ministry, the student ministries here, all that are involved through Bible Center of molding and shaping young people and students uh, and everything that happens here. And I love partnering with Pastor Josh, of course, for middle school, and also with Pastor Ryan as we kind of send our kids off to high school. And uh, it's just a, it's a really cool thing. I wanted to share with you as we start today, this message today is, is kind of twofold, right? I wanna help all of us understand the importance of Christian education and of course what Bible Center School offers, what Bible Center School does. Uh, we wanna recognize that today. But I also want us to think about what all of our role is, whether you're a parent, a grandparent, uh, you're a volunteer in some kind of ministry. You will be a parent someday. Maybe you're a student right now. There's something for everybody today. And I, I want us to think about uh, what is the current state of, um, you know, kind of the Christian community when it comes to that next generation coming up. And so I've titled this today, Truth and the Next Generation. I want to rewind just a little bit and tell you kind of some inspiration that, that God spoke to me about. And so I've, I, I was thinking about it. I've got almost a couple decades now in Christian education. I also am ordained minister. I've, I've worked through a church before. Several years ago, I was praying through uh, what God wanted as our theme for the school I was at then for our year. You know, you typically try to think about, God, is there something we could emphasize this year a lot of our students, that, you know, that's kind of a larger umbrella of what we want to be thinking and talking about. I was praying through that over the summer, and God brought me to John 8, 31 and 32. It basically says this, uh, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you're truly my disciples, you will hold to my teaching, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
probably heard that before, right? But God, through the Holy Spirit, the Lord really spoke to me and, and really said this, Ted, you have to let your students know the absolute importance of holding to this book. Not just knowing the stories, but clinging to this as it defines reality. The truths in here define reality. And, and I felt like God was saying, in the coming years and days, there will be so much deception that our students have got to know this and cling to this. That was several years ago now. And that has kind of inspired me in my teaching and uh, everything that I do to help students understand the value and importance and the authority of God's word. And so that's what kind of motivates me. And I wanna share a little bit from my heart today and, and kind of talk about what Bible Center offers uh, and what, what is our heartbeat? What is our passion for our students? But then, like I said, look at the big picture. How can we all be on the same page investing in this next generation? Because there's a battle for truth today. There's a battle for truth. I wanna pray and uh, jump into the word this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Bible Center School. Thank you for Bible Center Church. Thank you for all the ministries here that help so much to um, shape the lives of our children, our students, to follow you, Lord, to love you, to know your word, and to know how to live it out. I pray you would open our hearts, open our minds to what you'd have for us today. Every person seated here, Lord, that you'd speak to us through your word and through the truths that we're gonna talk about today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I wanna invite you to turn to Colossians chapter two in your Bibles today. That's where we're gonna start. And this is a, a text that as middle school Bible teacher has kind of become a, a real theme for what I do in the classroom uh, and, and just looking at this big picture of shaping the next generation, talking about truth defined through scripture and defined by the Lord. And so we're gonna start here in Colossians chapter two. The words will be on the screen. I'm gonna read uh, from my Bible. And so it starts out in uh, chapter two of Colossians, verse one. And this is Paul talking, writing to them. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. Paul is writing from prison. He has never visited the Colossian church. He's never met them personally. Uh, but God, and through his friend Epaphras, who, who is so passionate about this church, it, Paul says, I am contending for you. I am fighting for you. I am praying for you. My heart is, is uh, just filled with thoughts and, and, and ideas for you. And so that's, what he, that's why he starts that out. He says, um, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Now let's look at six. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, 
Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I just wanna pause for a minute. I love the way he words that, you know, uh, rooted in him, built up in him, meaning Christ. I tell my students, if, if, you know, if you think of in terms of architecture or even in nature with a tree, if you're gonna go high, you wanna go deep and you wanna be rooted and grounded in the truth of God's word. He talks in there about strengthening the faith. And I really, as a Christian educator and someone who's involved here, I, I really see our, our task is helping our students to be strengthened and built up in faith in Christ. Verse eight, and I wanna pause here for a minute after I read this. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. The language of that verse, the apostle Paul, you know, sometimes we, we read scripture or, or we're thinking about it in our minds and it's just, we're just reading text, right? And sometimes we miss some of the, the urgency and the kind of the tone of these letters. That phrase, see to it, that you see there, that is, that is an alarm bell, okay? This is not uh, just scripture being read, you know, uh, a beautiful narrator with a great British accent. This is Paul ringing an alarm bell. Wake up, be alert, see to it that no one takes you captive. I believe the King James version talks about no one makes you spoils. It's kind of this picture of being taken as a prisoner of war, as spoils of war and being carried away, being hauled off to some other place. It's, it's a picture of the enemy taking you captive and taking you away as almost like a trophy of battle. That's what the image here is of don't let anyone take you captive. Well, what's taking, taking them captive? Paul tells us it's, it's a hollow, something empty, uh, a deceptive philosophy. Now, philosophy is kind of like, hey, what's, what's reality? What's true? What's not true? What's life about? And it, it, it just so happens that what was happening here at church at Colossae is that there were different beliefs kind of surging into that community. And we think that maybe some of it was maybe some Jewish mysticism or, or maybe something from the outside, but kind of maybe like an occultic mystic thing. Maybe it was Gnostic ideas, like there's, it was Jesus plus some, some other secret little things that you had to know to walk with Christ. It, it, it really was a, a, like a blending of, of different ideas. And so throughout Colossians, Paul comes back to, it's about Jesus Christ. And, and, and these false teachings that were coming in, they had one thing in common, really. It, it was diminishing the truth about Jesus Christ. It was diminishing the work of Jesus on the cross. It was Jesus plus something. Or, or it was, well, you're okay with, with God if you incorporate these little ideas into your belief system. Paul says they're hollow, 
They're empty and they're deceptive and they're based on human traditions. Oh, we've always done it this way or this is the way we do it. And this, this phrase, elemental spiritual things of this world, that could either be just basic things that, you know, that beliefs that they've held or something maybe again, it was, it was some type of mystical, you know, occultic thing appealing to other spirits and things like that. I wanna show you a little video of what I think is a picture of what's going on. September 28th of this past year, you're gonna see it on your screen, Hurricane Ian, Category 4 hurricane hit my hometown, Fort Myers, Florida. This is Fort Myers Beach. You're gonna see time lapse of storm surge coming in. Keep your eyes on the palm trees and a little pink beach house. I know this spot very well. I've parked there to go to the beach before. I grew up going to the beach here. And this category four storm came in and the storm surge was catastrophic. I think those palm trees are about eight or nine feet that you see there. Basically the Gulf of Mexico was pushed in and just swamped this barrier island and, and pushed on inland. And you can see here that the house is starting to shift and be carried away by the storm surge. When I watch this video, I can't help but think that our culture in some ways comes in like a storm surge on our youth, on our students. There's, it may start kind of slow, but as they get older and as they get into those adolescent and teen years, all of the information, all of the stuff coming in 24 seven through social media, the internet, all kinds of things is just surging into their lives. And for some of them that don't have a solid, strong foundation, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. So one of our goals, obviously, through Bible Center and through this church is for our students to have a solid foundation that stands when the surge of culture comes in and the competing ideas. I borrowed the phrase, uh, idea viruses come through culture and and wanna diminish their faith, diminish the work of Christ, cause them to have doubts and uncertainties about what they've been taught. And it's all of our jobs to make sure that we are grounding our students with a solid foundation. Let's read verse 10 of Colossians 2 together. Well, let's start, go back to verse nine. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. He used the word fullness twice there, kind of in comparison to the emptiness of those philosophies. Some of you will recognize this song. I wanted you to read you the lyrics of a song. And this is a, a worship song that high school and middle school ministries use. We use this at chapel. I wanted you to hear the language of this. This is, and my students love it. They always request, it's called My Best Friend. It says, this is how it goes. I don't wanna be on my phone, but I can't be alone. Welcome to the modern way. I'm trying to be somebody, I'm not, but it's not what I want. And tell me there's another way. All the lights I chased are now faded. All the cheap thrills were only time wasted. Tell me why society's plan should define who I am. Surely there's a higher way. 
All of my best friends are sick of pretending. We want the truth. And there's a part where all the students say, we want it, we want the truth. And every time we do that song, it's just, it's such a powerful moment. Listen, as the, as the storm surge of our culture comes in, telling our students to live only for themselves, maybe what they learned at church is fairy tales, kids' stories. When the world comes in and says, do what's best for you. Materialism, all these other things come blasting in to our young people's lives. Make no mistake, they want the truth. They're looking for the truth and they'll recognize genuine Christian faith when they see it. And so as we continue today, I wanna kind of talk to you about Bible Center School specifically for a moment, what we're about. Um, Our mission statement is gonna be here on the screen. Bible Center joins with parents in pursuing academic excellence and developing students with passionate hearts surrendered to God, minds trained to think biblically, and hands ready to serve others. I, I, I remember this with three images. Heart, surrendered to the Lord. A, I just actually picture a brain. Minds trained to think and see the world with biblical truth. We're gonna talk about that in a second here. And of course, hands, hands prepared to go and serve. If you have a student at at Bible Center or a grandchild, that is our goal. That is what we want for your student. Hearts for the Lord, minds that think and go back to what does God's word say about that. But also ready to go out into the world and make a difference. That's what we're about. And so I wanna share with you some different ways that we do that. What is BCS about? Um, And they're they're in no specific order, really. But as I thought about it and prayed about it, this is really day-to-day. This is kind of values that are so, so important to us. And one of the things that we want to do is we want to help build structurally sound faith in our students. Faith that, Lord willing, has had questions answered, has kind of reasoned through some of those issues that can make life tough. If God loves me, why did this happen to me? Why why is there bad things? Why is there evil in the world? To wrestle with that and help them come to an understanding of why the world is like it is, those types of things. We want want a, a faith in our students that when that surge of culture comes in or the surge of doubt comes in, that it's structurally sound. There's a solid foundation there. We also wanna educate the whole child, right? Every grade level, we wanna address the whole child, the mind, the body, the spirit, and and not that they're separate, that that it's one, right? That our minds, our bodies, our spirits is how God has designed us and shaped us and understanding how all that works together, right? 
And, you know, we also want students to, to basically uh, understand how God has uniquely designed them. We talk about our students being created on purpose and for a purpose. And so we talk about, you have a unique personality. You are God's workmanship. He created you on purpose. He has a plan for your life. You're unique. And so we talk about those kind of things. In middle school, we do a spiritual gifts assessment. We talk about different ways that God has designed them and equipped them for his purpose in their life. We emphasize community at Bible Center. It's so important to us. One of the things uh, in the years that I've been here, this is my fifth year at Bible Center since we moved here. One of the things that I hear a lot is, man, we miss Bible Center. There's just such a family feel there. And so we, we do what we can to try to build community. This past week on Thursday, instead of chapels, the last Thursday of the month, we have what we call family groups. And if you haven't heard of this, family groups is a small group that consists of a kindergartner, first grade, second grader, third grader, fourth grader, all the way up to eighth grade. One or two from each grade level that come together like a family. And so we meet and the eighth grader is kind of like the leader, the big brother, the big sister of that group. And we do some projects together that we do some fun things. And this past week, we just sat in a circle and we pulled questions out to talk about ourselves a little more. It was the coolest thing. It's so cool to get to know these students from all different grade levels in a way. And we, we kind of think of ourselves like a family. So we value community. We know that so much of this development of, of spiritual life, development and maturity is done in community, right? It's done in community. And it's no different for us as a church. And that's why we emphasize small groups. It's why we emphasize youth ministry and all these kind of things done in community. So important. It's how God works. And uh, at Bible Center, we're committed to biblical worldview development. Biblical worldview development. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. Maybe that's the first time you're hearing that. Maybe you've heard it before. So important. And also, we we want our students to not just live in a Christian bubble. This is what we believe, it's safe here, it's okay. We really desire for our students to engage the culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our goals is for our students to make an impact in this world. I'll never forget several years ago, um, I was at a school and, and we'd, you know, we, we'd spent so much time in Bible working on biblical worldview and that's, you know, just kind of giving them that foundation of what we believe, why we believe it, those kind of things. And I, and I had a, a student, young lady, that had just graduated out of our eighth grade. She was in high school in the area, and she came back to see me after school. She said, Mr. Williams, guess what? I said, what? She said, I get to do a project in my science class. My teacher's an atheist. I'm gonna do my project on biblical creation. He said, I could. And I'm like, what? Really, that's awesome. So we talked, she said, I want, I want to kind of go through some of the stuff we talked about in eighth grade when we talked about evolution and creation and, and just the scientific evidence that's there, right? By the way, if you don't know, there's so much scientific evidence that supports biblical creation. 
design requires a designer. And we talk about that kind of stuff. So she came and we reviewed, we talked about all this stuff. And uh, several weeks later, she came to me again, smiling from ear to ear and she was holding a paper. She said, Mr. Williams, look, look, hand me her paper. It was the teacher's kind of evaluation of her project. Now remember, this is a, not a Christian school. Her teacher's an atheist. This young lady at 14 years old got up in front of her classmates and shared why she believes in biblical creation and what the evidence is. You know what her teacher wrote? She got an A, by the way. And her teacher wrote on there, her name was Skylar. Wow, you gave me so much to think about. Isn't that powerful? We want our students to engage the culture with what they have learned in their faith. We want our students coming along other students that they meet in high school and college or whatever, wherever they go, sharing why they believe what they believe, sharing the hope that they have. Before my eighth graders leave me, they kind of construct a, a testimony that could be shared of what God has done in their life and what their story is. So we, that's something that we're so passionate about. Let me talk to you real briefly about worldview. And then we'll talk about what, what practically can we do here. Uh, worldview, biblical worldview, is basically how we answer the big questions of life. It, it, it's almost like the, the lens that we have to see the world. It, it, it helps us kind of determine the big story of life and make appropriate choices. That's really what it does. If you imagine uh, life can be like a puzzle sometimes, trying to figure out how the pieces fit together, right? Well, when you do a puzzle, you realize you need the box top. <laughs> You've gotta have what's the picture that we're trying to create here with all these tiny little pieces that look like nothing, right? And so you've always got that box top up when you do a puzzle, full confession. I still have a puzzle at the house that's a Christmas puzzle that I haven't finished yet, right? I need to get on that. But you set that box top up there and it helps you know what you're putting together. So a worldview is kind of like that. How do you, how do our students, how do we see the world, right? What you believe is important. What you believe is important. I wanna show you a picture uh, of something here. I don't know how well you can see that, but this was in a town in Europe and people noticed a strange creature in the tree of their apartment complex. And uh, they were a bit alarmed because they didn't recognize what this was. And uh, they started to be concerned. Uh, the word menacing was even used for this strange animal that had made its way to their little apartment complex. And people actually were afraid as they heard it talked about. And so animal control was called, come in. And so animal control comes in and they were able to capture this very giant croissant <laughs> that had fallen into the tree, <laughs> right? I mean, what you believe changes everything. And as we think about biblical worldview, what your student, what your child, what you believe changes everything. It really does. I'm gonna talk to you about just real briefly some of these worldview questions uh, that people are asking today. We've got the question of origins. Where did everything come from? Where did <laughs> the universe come from? 
Where did the physical laws that govern this universe come from? Did they really come out of thin air or nothing, right? So we talk about this with our students. We want them to know biblically how to answer that question. We even talk about the Big Bang. What's, what's that all about? And my background's in science, so I get really excited about this kind of stuff because there's so much evidence. Even within the last few months with new discoveries, uh, we're seeing so much evidence that this universe of ours is pretty special. It's pretty special. It didn't happen by accident. What about life? Did life just kind of spontaneously come together? You know, chemicals are just floating around in some little pond and lightning strikes and we've got a living thing. No, it's not how it happened. Design requires a designer. Life is so incredibly complex. One cell is so incredibly complex. This is not an accident. So we talk about that. Purpose, what's my purpose of life? Is it just to live for me or is there a greater purpose for life? We talk about identity. Who am I? What is my identity? I've come to, to really believe over the last, oh, for decades, right? I kind of figured out what, what Satan's goal is. It's identity theft. Satan is out to rob the identity of our young people. Pastor John talked last week that we are, we are image bearers of Yahweh. We, are, we bear his image. We are here to be his representative. Our lives have purpose and meaning, and he ordained that. It's a beautiful thing. The enemy wants to come in and say, Come on, you're just, you're just a highly evolved animal. You, you, your identity, it's whatever you want it to be. So we have students struggling with the very core of who they are and their identity. We talk about the question of deity, what is God like? Morality, what is right and wrong? And destiny, what happens after you die? Such important questions, but here's the thing, right? We may be able to give the right answer, but we will live what we believe, right? We'll live what we really believe. And uh, a gentleman that I respect a lot is, is George Barna. You may have heard that name. And for decades now, he has done research into Christian culture, uh, the broader American culture at large. He looks for trends that he sees. And he's got a, a new report out, the American Worldview Report for 21, 22. And I've been kind of reading through that. And it, it's phenomenal, the trends in America right now and what's going on. And, and uh, some, some of the statistics that he points out, uh, and you'll see that on the screen in just a minute, it's kind of shocking actually when, when you see what, what's happening. George Barnes says, if we wanna live like Jesus, we gotta think like Jesus. And that's kind of what shaping biblical worldview is, right? 
We're gonna come back to that. Y'all are old enough to remember the WWJD, what would Jesus do? And we had bumper stickers and bracelets and calendars and everything, right? But, it, but it's good because that's, that's really how we ought to live. What would Jesus do? We wanna, if we wanna live like him, we gotta think like him, okay? Uh, some of the things that influence youth today, you, you get it, right? It's media, something on a screen, whether that's social media, streaming live content, all those kinds of things are all um, what are influencing our students today. George Barna says that shockingly, maybe about 6% of Americans have a true biblical worldview. 6%. What, and how he defines that, this is not church attendance. This is not, I believe in God. This, he defines biblical worldview as those that are living according to God's word. They are integrated disciples. That's his wording. They're, they're living their faith. They're living their faith. That's how he defines biblical worldview. About 6% of America are actually living as disciples of Jesus Christ. In the word, praying, involved in serving, sharing their faith when that time presents itself, actively involved in a local church, that kind of thing, 6%. He says that right around 20% of people who would identify as a Christian are living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Kind of sobering. That means that about 88%, if you look at the big picture of America, about 88% of Americans have no clearly defined worldview. It's a, it's a pick and choose. It's a pick and choose. You know, we, we talk about there's the theistic worldview, uh, you know, that is, which is what Christianity is. There's a creator God and he is separate from his creation, but he's personal. He, he loves his creation and wants us to know him, okay? There's obviously the atheistic worldview. There's nothing supernatural. There's, there's no God, there's no spirit. We don't have spirits, there's no, only the material world is all that's real. And then you get the transcendental worldview, basically is that new age spirituality that everything is spiritual, right? Everything has a spirit. And the God energy of the universe is in everything and we just need to somehow tap into that and become one with that. We've got postmodernism that basically says there's no truth. Question everything. There's no truth. Any organized religion or any organization of people don't, don't trust them. Here's what's happening today in America. We're picking and choosing what we wanna believe. Basically today, America has a what works for me blending. What works for me? Believe in God, I like the Bible, Jesus was pretty neat. Uh, but you know, it's one of multiple pathways, I, you know, People say, you know, and I, I, this whole karma reincarnation thing, maybe there's something to that. It, there's just, it's just a wide variety of things. Think back to what we read in Colossians 2, what Paul said, right? There is a this syncretistic blending of different ideas. So 
It's not that our fear is that our students are gonna become atheists necessarily, it could happen, but that's not it. It's not that they're gonna uh, become pagan or wanna be a Hindu or something like that. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that, it's the blending of these different beliefs where Christ is diminished and his work on the cross is diminished. It's almost like we have generations that will not acknowledge the authority of Jesus Christ over their lives and not define reality by the word of God. It's what works for me, okay? So what do we do? I'm gonna close with this today. What do we do? How do we, how do we make a difference? How do we help our students? How do we help our, our young people? And um, one of the things we do is we start early. We wanna start early talking about our faith, talking about biblical worldview. We wanna start at a young age. We wanna be consistent with that. We wanna model that, okay? I'm, I, I, my daughter, Macy, is now in second grade and she's come up through pre-K. Um, it's just so amazing what our teachers do. I'm so thankful for our teachers at Bible Center and how they pour in to the lives of our students. And one of the things is just, is just being a role model, being a living curriculum. I was sharing with my daughter the other day about how the Holy Spirit had spoken to me about something. And she interrupted me. She said, Daddy, Daddy, Miss Vinsel was talking about that the other day. And she shared this whole story where Miss Vinsel and Bible had shared an experience from her life where the Holy Spirit had spoken to her about doing something. And she almost did it perfectly, I'm sure, with what Beth had shared with her. So cool to see that happening, right? And so we wanted teach across subject levels. We want to let our, our students kind of experience and, and kind of work through this, ask questions, kind of work through their biblical worldview. And when, when we all work together to do that, it's, it's amazing, the results. I want to show you a testimony from one of our former students. Her name is Sydney Young, and she's now a junior in high school. Have a look. Hi, I'm Sydney Young. I graduated from BCS in 2020, and I'm currently a high school student, a junior at St. Albans High School. And I went to BCS from preschool all the way through eighth grade, but my teachers were so supportive and always there for me. I knew the second that I walked through the door that my teachers wanted the best for me. So in elementary school and even preschool, our foundation for Christ was built. We would go through the Bible and fill out our Bible workbooks, and then our teachers would ask us questions and get us thinking about God and what we wanted to do with the next step in our life. And that's when I officially accepted Christ. It was probably first grade, and I didn't really understand what a relationship with Him meant until I met Mr. Williams. And Mr. Williams was my seventh and eighth grade Bible teacher. And through his class, we uh, learned about morality, uh, worldview, how to navigate the evilness of the world. And he taught us the truths of the world and how to prove Jesus and how to prove our faith. And that's really when I started understanding. Uh, at Bible Center, all of our friends were our family. I mean, we went through preschool through eighth grade pretty much with everybody. And my best friend, Sierra Garrison, I met when I was three years old. And we have gone through everything together. And she currently just transferred to St. Albans and we are on a mission for Christ there together. So it is awesome being with her. All of our teachers were just so loving. Like you knew that Miss Corbin was always gonna be there when you needed a hug. And Miss Garrison was always gonna give you a laugh. And then Colonel was always gonna let you try on all his armor and his room. But they were all just so great. 
My favorite time at Bible Center was probably basketball season. I was not a basketball player, so it was definitely something new that I was able to try. And even my coach, Jeff Velipek, he was very godly and gave me a role model to replicate when I got out of Bible Center. Mr. Moore gave a chapel speech in my eighth grade year, and he talked about washing each other's feet. And he symbolically did that by having each other wash each other's hands in a tub of water. And that really impacted me. I remember everybody was crying. We were all like rejoicing together. And it was just such a, a, a crazy moment to experience at school. An eighth grader graduating definitely needs to know that the world is not as scary as everybody makes it out to be. And some people may say that you're sheltered from the real world being at Bible Center and that you're only with 70 kids in your class and that you don't really know what's out there, but that's not true. You are prepared socially and spiritually to tackle all the obstacles that is gonna be thrown at you. I'm forever thankful for the BCS staff, my friends from BCS and my family for sending me to Bible Center. And I thank God for the opportunity that he gave me to go to BCS and experience what I experienced. And I'm so thankful for the opportunities I've already had to share the word and am so excited to see what God has in store for me. Isn't that awesome? It, it, it's so cool to see students that um, have truly embraced their faith and are living that out. I wanna close this morning just for with with some few questions for us to consider, okay? And I want you to think about if you have children, students, whatever in your life, I wanna challenge you with this, okay? And uh, just questions to think about as we close out today. And the first question, I want you to think about is, do my children know how much I love the Lord? Do my children know how much I love the Lord? That that's a, the greatest passion of my life. Next, do my children know that I rely on God's word to guide my life? Three weeks ago, Ryan Bandy started out our series he talked about the smell of coffee and how when he, when he smells coffee, it brings to mind image of his dad sitting at the table drinking coffee with his Bible open and reading his Bible. I have a similar story, but it was my mom. In the mornings, I just remember my mom's Bible being laid open on the table with her breakfast. And she was looking into God's word. Such a challenge today in our fast-paced world. But, but do your children know how much you love the word of God and that it's a guide to your life. Do I pray with my kids regularly? Do I pray with my kids regularly? When issues come up or things are going on, do we take a moment and pray together and seek the Lord about that? Am I having spiritual conversations with my kids? Are there moments in life, whether we're riding in the car or doing different things where I can share an experience of mine, talk about what does God's word say about that? If you have teens and adolescents, you're gonna have to ask them to take their AirPods out of their ears for a moment so you can have those conversations, right? And then I want 
end with this question. Do I prioritize spiritual growth over worldly success? Do I prioritize spiritual growth over worldly success? That's a tough one, I know. To be vulnerable with you, all of these challenge me as a dad. But listen, if we're gonna build structurally sound faith in our students, they have to see it lived out. They have to see it lived out. It has to be practically lived out in the lives of adults that they look to, a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, those kind of things. That's the difference maker, right? So let's close with that and let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. I love what you're doing at Bible Center. I love what you're doing in the lives of our students. I'm so thankful to be a part of a team that is committed to instilling truth, biblical truth in our students. And God, I just, I just ask that you would uh, strengthen our ministries here, strengthen the school, uh, help us to be effective in strengthening our students' foundation and equipping them to go out in the world and make a difference, make a difference with their faith. And so, again, God, help us as parents, grandparents, leaders, teachers, to live out our faith in front of our kids so they can see what it looks like and how much it means to us and how passionate we are to follow you, Lord, and to serve you. And may we pass that on to them. So we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name, amen. For more information, visit us at biblecenterchurch.com and give us a follow on all platforms at Bible Center.